It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday edition of the podcast. Hopefully your guys' week is off to a great start. Hopefully you enjoyed a great Pioneer Day holiday yesterday as well. A lot to get to on today's edition of the podcast. Need to talk about some more of the watch list season that is upon us. Two BYU players added to watch lists recently. We'll talk about on today's show in Brady Christensen and Kyrus Tonga. We'll talk about them. We'll also get to some more of our burning questions and position previews ahead of BYU fall camp on today's edition of the podcast, as well as getting to our church and state player countdown series as we profile today wide receiver Keanu Hill. Can he be part of BYU's wide receiver core this season and contribute? We'll talk about all of that on today's podcast, kind of the roadmap of how we're going to go about things on today's show. Let's get going. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for July 25th, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download the show. If you're new to the show, this is your one-stop shop for all things BYU news. Our goal each and every day is to have you be the smartest BYU fan in the room whenever you're talking Cougar sports. Starting off today, we're going to talk about two BYU football players who were named to watch lists earlier this week because it is hashtag watch list season in addition to being talking season with all of the uh, conference media days wrapping up yesterday with the Pac-12 and Mountain West Conference wrapping things up. But watch list season rolls on. BYU football players Kyrus Tonga and Brady Christensen were honored yesterday. Uh, the Both of them were named to the preseason watch list for the 2019 Outland Trophy Award, which is presented by the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases. The Outland Trophy is awarded to the nation's best interior lineman by the Football Writers Association of America, of which I am a part. I am honored to vote for this award each and every year. It's a lot of fun to do it. But Kyrus Tong and Brady Christensen... Brady Christensen are well-deserved honorees on that watch list. I'm actually surprised that James Empey isn't also on this watch list, but I do wonder if there is like a max of players you can you can kind of nominate for awards with James Empey being on the um, Remington Award trophy, which is the best center in the country. Doesn't surprise me that Brady Christensen gets maybe the nod over uh, James Empey on the offensive side of things. And Kyrus Tonga is a no-brainer in my mind on the defensive side of the things. Uh, Kyrus, in addition to being named to the Outland Trophy Award watch list, also was named to the Bronco Nagurski Trophy Award watch list, which is awarded to the nation's top defensive player. Uh, Kyrus, we've talked about, about him on this podcast in the past, is just a man amongst boys when he wants to be on the football field. Six foot four, 325 pounds, and he is an absolute beast when he is motivated and playing at his top level. He has 49 career total tackles, 
eight and a half tackles for loss, five pass breakups, and one blocked field goal in his career. Uh, Corbin Kafusi was a watchless honoree a year ago for the Nagurski Award, so Kairos Tonga carries on a pretty strong tradition here. Of course, the Allen Trophy, BYU has two winners in their past, speaking of the great Mohamed el and also Jason Buck, a standout defensive lineman in his own right at BYU, a Super Bowl champion during his time in the pro ranks. So BYU's got a pretty rich history with the Outland Trophy as well, but it's been a few decades since they were a real factor in this. Do I expect either Brady Christensen or Kairos Tonga to win either of these awards? I'll be honest, no. But Kairos Tonga, if he plays to the level of his potential, I think he could be a guy who could be up for postseason honor, speaking of All-American lists, etc. He's got every physical gift you want in a defensive lineman. He's got the size, six foot four, 325 pounds. There have been multiple plays where he has chased a running back or a wide receiver to the sideline with speed that belies how big he is and how powerful he is. He is nimble on his feet. He's got every ability to go out there and dominate a football game. The only part is, at times, his motivation factor, his care factor has lacked. Can he get that this year? Can he go out and play with his hair on fire to use that expression that a lot of football coaches will use? He's got to play motivated. He's got to get out there and do everything he absolutely can do. I think he's got the mentality. I think he's stated it to Jay Drew at BYU Media Day that he is planning on going pro after this upcoming season. He has served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So it's not surprising that he would be kind of thinking, hey, this year is kind of my last year. I'm going to be 23, 24 years old, and I need to go make some money playing football, and it wouldn't be surprising to see him turn pro after this season. What he's going to need to do, though, in this season, if he wants to do that, is show that he doesn't take plays off. NFL scouts, and they've said it already to BYU coaches about Kyrus, is he's got everything there outside of the motor to get it done, play in and play out. If he can show that he has developed that motor, he plays uh, plays nonstop, whistle to whistle. He just keeps going. That's what's going to get him uh, into the money at the NFL level. I don't think he's necessarily going to be a guy who's going to go in the first round. I don't expect that. But could he make himself a top four round draft pick, makes him a significant amount of money on his rookie deal and hopefully make it to a second contract where you really roll it in? I think so. I think he's got all of the talent to do it. And he's just got to go out there and show that he can get it done. Uh, I, I don't want to gloss over what Brady Christensen also brings to the table. I think Brady Christensen, I could severely overrated, uh, sorry, severely underrated him coming out of high school. He was a late addition to BYU's recruiting class before going on a mission, comes back, and I was like, okay, we'll see what happens. He was a six foot four, six foot five, 240, 250 pound athlete at Bountiful High School. And I didn't expect much out of him, but he came in and the BYU coaching staff, speaking of Jeff Grimes, noticed something about him, installed him as their left tackle, and by all accounts, had a stellar uh, freshman campaign. I thought he was caliber of being a, uh, a freshman All-American. He's now six foot six, 295 pounds. He was ranked number two by Pro Football Focus amongst freshman tackles or offensive tackles in 2018. So I think that it's a big opportunity for BYU for Brady Christensen to go out and have this plot under his belt as only a 
a sophomore and really show what he can do. I've said it before that I think James Ampey could have his eyes on the NFL after this upcoming season. If Brady Christensen has another big season, I could see him thinking a similar way, but I think he's maybe more of another year of development away than James Ampey is. I think Brady Christensen might need to come back for his junior season and then go into the pro ranks. So we'll have to see what happens uh with uh, these two guys when it comes to the awards watch list, postseason honors. But both of these players have the ability to dominate at their respective positions, and BYU needs them to dominate at those positions. Brady Christensen, of course, protecting Zach Wilson's blind side on the offensive side of the things. Uh, Kyrus Tonga, he can absolutely wreck game plans up the middle at his nose tackle slash defensive tackle spot, and BYU needs him to wreck that. If he can occupy more blockers and help BYU's young linebacker really be able to run free and make plays in the backfield. I think it's going to set BYU up for success this year. And congratulations to both of them on being honored as both uh, Outland Trophy Award watchlist honorees and in addition for Kairos Tonga, the Nagurski Award watchlist. Congratulations to both of them. It's awesome to see their names popping up on these lists. That means that people around the country are paying attention to these young men. All right, we will step aside here, come back on the other side. We need to get to some of our burning questions and position pre views ahead of BYU fall camp beginning next week. Uh, got a lot to talk about. I actually wanted to talk about the defensive line in particular of which Kairos Tonga is a part. We'll talk about that position group and examine what exactly the rotation might be for BYU along the defensive line because I really feel like they are very stout there. They got a lot of talent and I think they'll be very deep this coming season and that should be beneficial for BYU's linebacking core which is pretty young this coming year as well. So we'll get to all of that coming up as well as getting to our player countdown series talking about Keanu Hill uh, wide receiver coming in from Texas can he really make an imprint as a freshman we'll talk about that as well a reminder for you guys before we go though that if your company wants to reach an upscale male audience then your company should be advertising right here on Locked On Cougars to get your company connected with this audience email us at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com or email Locked at LockedOnPodcast.com to get more details about increasing your business with Locked on Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks again for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. Hopefully you guys' Pioneer Day holiday was great. Hopefully you got to grill something and just hang out with some family, even if you did have to work. Maybe you got a chance to sit down after work and just relax a little bit. But thanks again for joining us on this daily podcast, all focused on BYU, all part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. All right, let's take a minute here and talk about BYU's defensive line. We talked about in the last segment, Kairos Tonga being named to two awards watch 
lists. Well, he's just one part of BYU's defensive line rotation. Might be the most important part because he's the most talented defensive lineman BYU has, and I don't have a qualm saying that. If Corbin Kafusi were still on this roster, I might quibble with it, but I'm not going to quibble with it here. But there are plenty of other guys along this defensive line who are going to be a big part of what BYU is trying to do this coming season. I said it before the break that I feel like this defensive line group could be very important to helping BYU's linebackers, the young group, nine freshmen amongst them at linebacker that are either redshirt or true freshmen really get comfortable with the scheme by taking up extra blockers and freeing them up just to go make plays. So I like what BYU has developed along the defensive line. And it starts off, like I said, with Kyrus Tonga in the middle. Six foot four, 325 pounds. He's flanked by guys along the defensive line like Lorenzo Fawatea, who's got great size and ability in his own right. Six foot four, 305 pounds. Bracken Bakri is an absolute bulldog out there as well. Had a breakout year a year ago. Six foot three 287 pounds expected that he'll be part of the rotation for BYU uh, as well as guys like Jetty Tui Loma and Earl Tuioti Mariner they're expected to play a role at the defensive tackle or nose tackle spots but an incoming freshman is expected to really make an impact is Saleti Feveliaki he's from Corona California and Centennial High School recently returned from a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and based on all reports and people I have talked to BYU coaches staff the BYU coaching staff, excuse me, is very excited for what he can bring at potentially as a freshman. He was a 240, 250-pound athlete in high school, grew a lot on his mission, and they feel like he has the ability to come in and make an impact right away. If that's the case, you've got guys like Atunai Samahe on that roster, Austin Chambers, etc., who are all tipping around 300 pounds. Your defensive line, your defensive tackles and nose tackles at BYU could go three deep very easily, and it could make it very, life a lot easier on Elisa Tuiaki, knowing that in the middle, he's got multiple guys he can carry count on to rotate and keep fresh in games. Kyrus Tonga, of course, is going to want to stay on the field as much as possible to get as much film for the pro scouts as he can. And every one of these guys on the defensive line, Lorenzo Fawatea, Earl Tuioti Mariner, Jetty Tuiloma, uh, Atunai Samahe, and Feviliaki, they're all going to want to be out there getting as much film as they can get as well, as many reps as they can get. But if you can get these guys to all be on board with one another getting reps, and when you're out there, you're fresh and you're able to play absolutely 100%, I think it's going to pay dividends for BYU. Now, those defensive tackles and nose tackles need to take up blockers, but you also have to have defensive ends who on run sets can hold the edge as well and help the linebackers come up and make plays. Well, at defensive end, they moved a guy who played defensive tackle a year ago. They slimmed him down, moved him back out to end, and that is Zach Daw. He's been on this podcast in the past. Six foot four, 265 pounds, a former national champion wrestler at Pleasant Grove. Grove High School in Pleasant Grove, Utah. He's got all of the ability to be an impact guy in his own right, and I think he'll be be doing a great job setting the edge for BYU at defensive end. He'll be joined by guys like Herkley Latu, who at six foot three, two hundred and forty pounds, isn't the biggest guy out there, but he's grown a lot. He was originally signed, I think, as a safety, and then moved to linebacker, and now at defensive end. 
I think he's going to be a, a guy to keep an eye on in fall camp and see how he develops. Devin Kafusi, of course, continues the legacy of Kafusi brothers playing at BYU. Six foot seven, two hundred and fifty-five pounds. Uh, the only thing about Devin I have a question about is if he has the same motor and mentality that his older brothers Corbin and Bronson had regarding football. Does he have that drive, that that tenacity, that just that disposition to go out and get your job done? We'll see if that develops. Also, out at defensive end. You've got guys uh, like a Gabe Summers, who was a fresh, who was a freshman standout. Oh, sorry, so, yeah, freshman standout in spring ball. Really showed some good things pass rush wise. Alden Tofa is a guy BYU fans hope he can really develop and stand out. He's a sophomore this year at 260 pounds, and we'll see how he does. But the guy I'm most interested to see if he can really develop and become the guy that BYU coaches want him to be is Uriah Leatawa, junior from Compton, California, and Dominguez High School school six foot four 255 pounds Uriah looks every bit the prototypical defensive end that you want to see in a 4-3 alignment for BYU it's no it's it was no secret that he was flirting with going to Stanford uh, when he was coming out of high school he's a very smart kid coming out of the Compton area did some great things in high school playing for Dominguez high school but he has not lived up to the hype that he got coming out of high school and here's hoping that this year finally in 2019 he puts his best foot forward and becomes the guy that BYU coaches want him to be because BYU I, like I said I just I'll say it, reiterate it once again in this segment BYU needs this defensive line to go two and three deep across the board and have no drop off in play if you can get to three deep at all four spots along that defensive line BYU would be absolutely golden because you have no drop off in play and that's just pie in the sky stuff I'm saying right now but if you get guys who can go out there and contribute at a high level and free up these linebackers make it easy on Isaiah Kafusi, Jackson Kafusi, Zane Anderson, Chaz Ayu, all those linebackers you make it easy on them to go and make plays all they have to do is kind of read where the ball is going and then run up and make tackles that's going to make BYU's defensive scheme so much simpler this coming season. They can take the runaway with the defensive line. If you can get a pass rush with just four guys, it makes life so much easier. I have big question marks about who is going to generate that pass rush, who is the pure pass rusher on this roster. I don't see a name that I read and say, okay, that's probably the guy. I think BYU coaches are hoping that Uriah Leatawa can be that guy. They're hoping that Herkley Latu can be that guy. They hope that Devin Kafusi can follow in the role that his brothers have played in the past and be that guy but I don't see a ready-made option in the pass rush department along this defensive line so it may have to be a combination effort where you use stunts twists linebacker blitzes etc to generate the pressure on the quarterback but this defensive line can they in fall camp show the ability to hold up BYU's pretty stout offensive line and allow linebackers to make plays because if they can do that it is going to make those first four games in the entire season much easier on BYU in terms of getting these linebackers up to speed right away especially facing four power five opponents to kick off the 2019 season so 
We'll be tracking that for you during fall camp. Opens up this weekend with players reporting and of course the first practices expected on Monday, July 29th and of course Locked on Cougars will be out there covering it with myself as I go down there talking with coaches and players and we'll be bringing you plenty of coverage of everything going on with BYU in fall camp. All right, we'll take a second time out here, come back, catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. We get still need to get to our player countdown series and talk about freshman wide receiver Keanu Hill. So there's a lot to get to still on today's edition of the podcast. And a reminder for you guys, this podcast is available everywhere podcasts are to be found. If you don't mind, give us a good rating and review. But also when you get in your car, whether you're driving to or from work, making your commute each day like most of us do, or if you're just driving around town, plug in your smart device, tell it play podcast Locked On Cougars, and Locked On Cougars will be right there with you for the ride, keeping you up to date. Really simple, only need your voice. It makes it super simple to catch up on all the BYU news each day. All right, more in a moment. This is Locked On Cougars. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. Thanks again for joining us on this Thursday edition. As we close out today's edition of the podcast, we need to get to our Church and State Player Countdown Series. And today we're talking at day number 35. We are 35 days away from BYU football, just just five weeks away. We can do it, y'all. We are getting very close. There's no 35 on BYU's roster currently, so I'm going to go with Keanu Hill, a wide receiver from Euless, Texas, played at Euless Trinity High School and also Cypress Woods High School, according to his bio on the BYU website. I only thought he played at Trinity, but maybe I'm wrong there. But a six foot three, 190-pound athlete coming from Euless, Texas. And the system he played in most of his high school career at Euless Trinity is a triple option offense. So you don't see a lot of balls thrown in this offense, but Keanu Hill actually almost forced their hand to throw the ball to him. He was a great wide receiver. He has obviously the ability to block because wide receivers in a triple option offense have to be able to block downfield, set the edge, and help uh, that option really go, but he also had plenty of stats in his own right, going over 500 yards receiving in his high school career, and He's got the size and speed, it looks like, to be a wide receiver that can contribute to BYU. The coaches obviously saw something in him to offer him a scholarship, and he is joining BYU this uh, fall camp as a six foot three, 190-pound wide receiver. I think that Keanu Hill could find himself in the rotation for BYU with a solid showing in fall camp. Of course, this is all on him to go out there and prove to the coaches he's deserving of minutes, but I feel like Keanu Hill could be this year's version of Dax Milne. Of course, uh, Milne's a little different of a story, having been a preferred walk-on versus a scholarship athlete like Keanu Hill will start his career as, but 
Dax Milne came in and just made play after play after play and forced the coach's hands and forced them to put him on the field and contributed it at a high level. He is now on scholarship. He's expected to have a big role with BYU this coming year, and we'll see how he develops over the coming weeks and months. But I feel like Keanu Hill's got the ability to become one of those guys that BYU can count on if he can show it in fall camp. You can't have injuries slow you down, especially with how uh, BYU's wide receiving core. It's pretty senior-laden. Guys like Aleva Hefo are on that roster. Gunnar Romney is now healthy, etc. There's plenty of talent there that is going to be looking to really gobble up the reps on the practice field, but if Keanu Hill can go out there and show that he's healthy, he's ready to go, and he can contribute, it wouldn't surprise me to see him in a role for BYU this fall as a contributing athlete on the BYU football program as a wide receiver. Do I expect him to go out and put up 500, 600 yards? No, but I think he could have a Dax Milne-like impact if he's able to go out there and show the coaches he's worthy of those reps. All right, that is the podcast for today. We'll close things out tomorrow talking a little bit about the Toledo Rockets. I've been working on trying to get a guest from Toledo this week, but with conference media days going on there for the MAC, wasn't able to get anybody on to talk about Toledo, so I'll be doing some more of my own research, and we'll talk about the Rockets on tomorrow's edition of the podcast, as well as getting your re- continuing to get you ready for BYU fall camp beginning this weekend and also uh, really being in earnest with practices early next week. So a lot to cover and thanks again for your continued support of the podcast. Please follow the show on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked On Cougars. You can find me at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. And if you'd like to email the show, please email us LockedOnBYU at gmail.com Advertising questions, you have, just have a comment, concern, or question, drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you guys and we will catch you tomorrow this has been locked on cougars for july 25th 2019